Hey, and welcome everybody to another edition of Email Never Sleeps. I'm Andrew Kordek, the VP of Customer Engagement here at iPost. Um, and with me today, I've got a longtime colleague, person who's been in the industry for a really long time, uh, Brian Westnage of RedSift.io. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience uh, in the industry and a little bit about Redshift. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, great to be with you today. Uh, yeah, spent almost the last 20 years in the deliverability space uh, with ReturnPath uh, for many years, then got into DMARC, um, worked at uh, Proofpoint, Valmel, now Redshift. So we're a email security company headquartered in uh, the UK with offices uh, in EMEA and Australia and the US, which is where I'm based out of. And Spend a lot of time thinking about DMARC and BIMI, and then, you know, per today's conversation, is is kind of why why should a marketer care about those acronyms? Yeah, so let's talk about that. That's the topic <laughs> for today. Why should a marketer care yeah. about DMARC and BIMI? Right. I think for more of the general audience, let's talk about DMARC and what it actually means for a brand. In a nutshell, we've probably heard, we probably know the acronym, but why should somebody implement DMARC? What does it do? Yeah. Well, first of all, I totally acknowledge that a lot of marketers' eyes just glaze over when you start talking about SPF, DCAM, DMARC, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. BIMI, right? These three-letter acronyms. So I think, you know, let's say oh, maybe mid to late 2000s, I guess, authentication in the form of SPF and DCAM kind of surfaced when marketers were thinking about kind of best practices, you know, when, when deliverability really started to become top of mind for, for most folks. And mm -hmm. authenticating your email was kind of one of the things that was suggested, you know, in the long list of deliverability topics like, you know, right. send relevant email and keep your list clean and reduce complaints and all of that. And I think, hey, authenticate your mail with SPF and DKIM. That that was part of it. So let's yeah, let's help ensure the delivery of legitimate mail by giving it the best chance mm -hmm. um, by authenticating it. So definitely. I don't think of authentication necessarily as, you know, helping your deliverability perspective. It's not like if you have a crappy sending reputation, all of a sudden, if for some reason you hadn't authenticated your mail before that it's going to give you some improvement, but at least it does kind of prove to the recipient of the message that you are who you say you are. If you still send crappy mail, you're going to have a bad sending reputation. It'll just be authenticated as you. So, <laughs> you know, you're, you'll be tracked accordingly by, uh, by, by Google and Yahoo and everybody else's uh, reputation systems. But DMARC kind of came along because SPF and DKIM were, were kind of useful and they, mm -hmm. they, they were the baseline of authentication, but they actually authenticated values in the email header that no one ever sees unless they open a header, which most people never do. So right. what happened was companies would implement SPF and DKIM and they would find, hey, why am I still being spoofed? And that's because kind of that visible from domain we see in our mail clients, mm -hmm. SPF and DKIM don't authenticate that visible from domain. They, they authenticate these values in the header that most marketers, again, glaze over like the, the right. DKIM domain and the envelope from right. domain. So right. DMARC came along out of an industry organization called MOG, which I know you're familiar with and, oh, sure. and a lot of yeah. folks may be familiar with. And it just said, hey, we actually need to authenticate that visible from domain so when somebody gets a message in their Yahoo client or the Comcast client or their Gmail client, 
they, mm -hmm. they can trust is actually has been sent from that domain. And marketers adopted it again because, hey, this is, this is a best practice. If mm -hmm. I'm using somebody like iPost to send my mail, mm -hmm. I, I post, the reason I use someone like iPost is to authenticate my marketing traffic for me and to, sure. you know, as, as one of those lists of best practices. So it's pretty straightforward for a marketer to get DMARC implement, implemented for their marketing subdomain. Mm -hmm. But then the larger discussion is, hey, if I'm a marketer, I don't look after like our corporate email domain that's used for Office 365 and right. Salesforce traffic and Freshdesk and Workday and all of these mm -hmm. other cloud services. Like, what do I do about that? And, and Bimi now is kind of the carrot for the organization to implement DMARC. Mm -hmm. And we can talk a little bit about this, why, how a marketer kind of involves the rest of the organization and how, right. how to make this more of a uh, you know, I guess a cross-functional project that marketing can get other people in the organization excited and vice versa. Like if an, I'm, in, am I, I'm in IT and security and right. I'm doing DMARC, I should probably bring marketing in so they can take advantage of BIMI as well. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, and I think DMARC was a little bit slow from an adoption rate. Right? And there's yep. been lots of studies put out about DMARC and implementing DMARC. And yep. there's lots of information. I know Redshift is kind of at the front and center of this and how you guys auto implement these, these, these sorts of technologies. But what, what's really interesting to me is that sometimes marketers take a checkbox approach, right? I've yep. implemented DMARC and now I've set my switch to P yeah. equals none, but there's other switches, right? There's quarantine and there's reject That's and right. a lot of different things. And so kind of crossing over that chasm where I look at a lot of email headers, yes, I'm one of the dorks that does that, right? <laughs> I'm sure you do too, right? We look at it, it's authenticated yeah. with DMARC, but yet they're not, they're not necessarily utilizing it to its full potential. And I remember asking somebody about like, well, what happens if you just have DMARC set to P equals none? For the, for the entire thing and someone used, and I'll quote, it's a waste of time. And I'm curious, you know, when we start looking at implementing, you know, DMARC at any level, right? Yeah. Um, what your thoughts are about P equals none versus quarantine yeah. and reject, right? What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on something like that? Yeah, absolutely. You always want to start at P equals none because basically what that'll do is it'll start giving you the DMARC reports and visibility that right. you need to correct any authentication problems. So that would tell you, Hey, I need to fix, you know, my SPF or Salesforce, mm -hmm. or hey, my SPF mm -hmm. record is is bloated because I've just added all these include statements over time to all these cloud right. services, and I've never taken anything out, right? So, so you got to start at P equals none. That that's the foundation. <laughs> that's necessary. I think, you know, from from the other folks you've talked to, is a lot of people just stop right there, and that can mm -hmm. be for a number of reasons. Number one is okay, maybe I get the visibility and I can see that my marketing mail is authenticated correctly. So that's good enough for me as a marketer because I don't control the rest of the organization. And right. no company I've ever worked with has like an email governance function. Email is totally siloed. So marketing looks after the traffic coming out of iPost. You mm -hmm. know, uh, IT team and infrastructure team looks after the corporate mail from G Suite mm -hmm. or Office 365. Nobody's looking after all those other cloud services that send mail. So... Right. It's, it's really easy to kind of just do one little piece and then like, oh, I'm good. But the challenge is from more of a security and compliance perspective is if you always stay in a DMARC policy and none, mm -hmm. you're not protected from impersonation attacks. And right. that means somebody can still spoof you. And mm -hmm. you know, I've seen it in my days of return path, people would spoof like a big retailer, somebody gets a fake 
you know, mm -hmm. um, order confirmation. I, I, I get this crap all the time, you know, fake Amazon orders, fake Apple iTunes mm -hmm. orders, fake, uh, um, you know, bank statements and, yep. and uh, credit sure. card statements, all that crap, you know, mm -hmm. so you're from a security perspective, you're no better off with a DMARC policy of none as you are with no record at all. So Microsoft, well, not Microsoft, that's a bad example. Google and Yahoo in particular, are like, hey, we want domain owners to adopt DMARC and we want them to adopt it kind of across their domain portfolio. So great if you implement DMARC on the subdomain you use for marketing mail, but we also want your organization to implement it kind of that top level domain. So if you want to leverage BIMI in particular, Yahoo and Google both require that both your, any subdomain you use for mailing as well as kind of that organizational domain be a DMARC compliant. So that's a DMARC policy of quarantine reject. That's where the marketer is going to have to get help from the rest of the organization. Because again, marketing usually doesn't control those other mail streams. It's not, I mean, it's not their job necessarily to protect, you know, they're not in security. Their job is not to protect the rest of the organization from attacks. Right. But if they do want to implement BIMI, one of the prerequisites is again, quarantine or reject on right. all domains, or, or, or I should say the top level domain, the subdomain. There's some other requirements. You have to have your logo trademarked it has to be in a particular mm -hmm. file format etc but uh mm -hmm. yeah i think the biggest challenge when we're working with folks is if they're marketers is hey get the rest of the organization involved if you really want this reward for doing dmark which right. is bimmy you gotta get the rest of the org involved and so i my, my advice to marketers right when they when they implement dmark right is you have to be a good steward not just of your email marketing program, but email in general, right? You have yep. to be looked at as that person that could help the organization. So you're right, working with other groups, right? Not to just be P equals none, and then perhaps maybe look at the reports every once in a while, but yep. you're sort of protecting the organization, which in essentially is like an umbrella, right? Yep. So think of DMARC as like an umbrella policy, right? Yep. Um, you know, over uh, from an insurance perspective, right? And then being able to make sure that you enforce that umbrella of policy across, you know, sort of everybody. And, you know, it's interesting, you you bring in BIMI, and I've done a lot of little research and understanding around BIMI, and I think, you know, DMARC is really important. So if you haven't, if you haven't implemented it, I know Redshift's got a, a couple of products on, on that, certainly go check those guys out. But, you know, I've read a lot of stuff about BIMI, and I yeah. got to say, I'm not a fan. And the reason why I'm not a fan of it, right, is it seems to me, and I know I'm going to get probably flack from this. Somebody might say, "Seems to me like it's a it's it both an authentication play, but it's more of a vanity play, right?" And I don't understand. And make me understand, Brian. Help me out. What is the long-term implication, or has there been studies done? Because it's not easy to do, right? There there is quite a few steps that has to go through from a BIMI implementation, right? And it's not just the email marketer. So help me understand from a marketer standpoint why I'd want to do this and what are the long-term implications? Yeah, no, that's, I, I think it's fair to say, like, I'm sure you're advising your clients to work on the, make data-driven decisions. And yep. I think it's so early with BIMI today that there isn't a ton of data, like you mentioned. So uh, Yahoo came out with a very preliminary study that said, um, mm -hmm. you know, BIMI leads to a 10% increase in engagement. Um, yeah. We've done one case study with a client in the UK called TalkTalk, where they mm -hmm. saw kind of a, a 4 to 6% increase in engagement. But frankly, 
I, I think there's a few reasons why there's not a lot of data yet. Number one is we still don't see a lot of people, you know, you mentioned implementing DMARC is still a challenge. Well, you know, the next step of implementing BIMI is, you know, there's, there's even less adoption. So we don't have kind of the, the, the body of work yet to, to mm -hmm. derive some case studies. So that's why I'd love to work with marketers who are driving this because the other, the other side of this is a lot of folks that have implemented BIMI to date have been on the IT and security side. They got the DMARC project done. They're like, oh, this BIMI thing, I'm already at DMARC compliance. So it's a pretty straightforward next step to do BIMI. So they're the ones driving it, but they're not mm -hmm. measuring the ROI from a marketing perspective. So we really need marketers to say, hey, I want this. And if they don't have DMARC yet, then they have to get IT and security involved and then do some case studies. So I think... Um, you know, my recommendation would be is there is a crawl walk run approach to BIMI. So at Yahoo in particular, Yahoo, you can publish, you know, kind of what's called a self-asserted BIMI record. So BIMI is a text record in DNS. You just say, uh, here's, here's my logo file I want displayed in a, in a Yahoo avatar. And um, if your domain is a DMARC compliance, um, and Yahoo in particular says you have to have a good sending reputation and you have to send enough mail to our system that we can kind of measure that reputation, then mm -hmm. we'll display your BIMI logo. So there's no cost per se, other than the work involved. Right. Um, so that's kind of the first step that I could recommend to people is put your BIMI record in a place. I think for Yahoo, you don't even need a trademark logo. You just need a logo that's in their file mm -hmm. in this SVG file spec. So that's an easy way to start and see, okay. hey, and measure Yahoo. Am I seeing, however I, I measure email engagement and response right. and everything else today, am I seeing a lift from that? If you right. are, then mm -hmm. kind of what's called a verified mark certificate is the next step. That's a certificate mm -hmm. that's issued by certificate authorities like Entrust or DigiCert that basically mm -hmm. says, hey, this entity sending this email from this domain has the rights to use this trademark logo and they've reached DMARC compliance and we've verified that they're legitimate. Yeah. It stops somebody from saying like, hey, I'm Joe's Coffee Shop and I try to use the Starbucks logo or something like right. that. But right. I think part of the problem why we haven't had a lot of data yet is Yahoo, or excuse me, Google came out of their BIMI pilot last July. So it's less than a year in market and, the, mm -hmm. and they rolled out BIMI in kind of general availability around the same time that Apple mailbox privacy protection came, yeah, came so into place. Like so that, right? all of a sudden people saw opens and they're yeah. like, well, is this related to BIMI or not? So I think totally. back to your point is like, yeah. you know, I think there has not been the marketing push yet where marketing said, hey, this is cool. I want to do this. I want to mm -hmm. stand out in the inbox because not many people have adopted it yet. I think it's still somewhat rare if you look um, in like your Gmail mobile client, if you actually saw a logo appear there. So you, there's, there's kind of a, a first mover advantage, um, mm -hmm. right now, because not a lot of people are doing it. Right. Um, what I've seen interest, you would think that retailers would obviously be the first ones to adopt. I mean, I've actually seen adoption across a lot of verticals that, mm -hmm. that I kind of expected like travel and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, technology and, and mm -hmm. things like that. But I've also seen weird, well, unexpected verticals, you know, like manufacturing, um, yeah. Palantir, which is like a CIA funded startup. I've seen some nonprofits. I've seen um, some EDUs and government entities adopted. So it's funny. It's not just kind of in the traditional 
you know, retail, um, retail uh, realms that we've seen. So you're, you're back to your point about kind of the long-term implications. Again, Bimmy wouldn't exist if Google and Yahoo and the other members of the working group said, hey, we want to see more DMARC adoption. And this carrot of BIMI is the way to increase more DMARC adoption. Sure. Um, sure. I think for the long term right now, from a BIMI perspective, is the working group wants to make it a little more inclusive. Like I mentioned, unless you're a government entity today, uh, yep. if you don't have a registered trademark, you can't get the verified mark certificate that will allow you the, the benefits at Google. So I think the working group kind of recognizes that that limits sure. the opportunity, sure. right? The certificates yep. start about a thousand bucks a year. So your, your mom and pop small business, you know, that would be a fairly significant expenditure. Mm -hmm. So if we can expand kind of BIMI outside of, you know, traditional, very large enterprise into mm -hmm. other, other segments, then, then we'll just see more adoption across sure. the board. Well, we're almost out of time, but one of the things that I wanted to mention too, right? So if I'm a mid-tier and let's say I'm an email marketing manager and I outsource my IT to yeah. other companies and there's obviously projects and costs involved with that. Yeah. That's something your organization helps with, right? I mean, that's something that they could go to you guys, right? And say, hey, help, right? We want to implement this. We see the value in it. Well, let's start at the DMARC side, then move over to Bimmy. I mean, that's something that Red Sift sort of specializes in, right? What yeah, it's definitely, you know, our, our thought is the DMARC project is kind of, uh, maybe not worthless is, is the term, but it's not as effective if you don't actually get to DMARC compliance, which is where we think everybody should be. Yeah. So yeah, okay. like you noted, a lot of people stay at P equals none because DMARC can be a really tedious process, especially yeah. if you try to do it on your own. It is an open yeah. spec. So anybody can yeah. put a DMARC record in place. They get these reports that come in. They're these XML files. They're not really human readable. I think a lot of people give up after they see those reports. So you kind of need a service provider to make sense of it. Some people mm -hmm. struggle with kind of that SPF 10 lookup limit or other issues with SPF. So sure. we can actually host people's SPF DCAM and DMARC records so they're never kind of misformatted or, yeah. or exceed that 10 lookup limit. Um, we have an integration actually with Entrust in our, in our UI where folks can just apply for a VMC from our console and they don't have to okay. figure out who do I go to at Entrust to work with this. They can just apply right from our console. So we're just... We want people to get DMARC compliant. We want them to do it quickly and with a minimum of effort because it can be, you know, a tedious process. Tedious thing. Well, Brian, thanks for your time again today. Everybody, I know we got a little technical here. I <laughs> think DMARC is very, very important. Um, listen to Brian, go visit and learn some more about how I could value your brand. Um, and I really appreciate y'all, um, you know, sticking with us and email never sleeps. And Brian, again, thank you for your time today. I 100% appreciate it, and your 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 mind and 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 your thought leadership in this industry really um, is amazing. So thank you very much for contributing to Email Never Sleeps. Completely. Hey, you bet. Appreciate it. So glad to be here.